Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Happy Monday, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's Daily Assist time. Austin? It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time for the Daily Assist. Brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Cold weather is here. Is your home's heating system ready? Lee's Heating and Air is now offering their winter furnace checkup for only 59 bucks. Call Lee's Heating and Air today, 801-747-LEE's or online at leesheatac.com. Joining us on the Sprint special guest line from Sports Illustrated, of course, he's our friend Chris Mannix. Hi, Chris. Happy Monday. How are you? What's going on, guys? Hey, uh, we're doing great. We were just talking, uh, Gordon and I were talking off the air about this jazz season, and it's been so feast or famine. I haven't really covered a season like it. Uh, What does that say about a team, do you think, that they rattle off a bunch of wins in a row and then they're capable of losing a bunch of games in a row as well? Well, it it certainly isn't great. I mean, more than anything else, you'd want consistency in the way you're playing. At the same time, there's, there's certainly a level of expectation to that when you have you know, a brand new player in Mike Conley, you're adding to the mix. Um, you're playing a different brand of front court basketball with Derek Favors gone and playing a little bit smaller than you've used to playing in recent years. So I think that part of it is understandable. I think it's encouraging, especially when it comes to the play of Mike Conley, what we've seen over the last week to 10 days. Uh, he seems by and large to be, uh, you know, playing a lot better. And hopefully that's a harbinger of, of things to come. Chris, I don't know if you were gallivanting around the uh, the league uh, or if you saw that Jazz-Celtics game. Uh, the Jazz are on this upward swing right now, like Jake was talking about. They seem, Mike Conley leading that way, and they're getting good bench play. Uh, they, they seem to be, I don't know, Chris, I sit there and I watch this team, and one second I think they're great, the next second I think they stink. Yeah, I mean, I, I was at the Celtics-Jazz game the other night and, you know, watching Conley play and talking to him a little bit before the game, it certainly, you know, sounds like and looks like he's starting to play a lot better. And I think these final, you know, this final month-plus of the season will reveal a lot about the Jazz's chances to, to succeed in the playoffs. I mean, if they can maintain, you know, this level of consistency that we've seen uh, for the most part, I think that, you know, they still can meet the expectations so many of us had for this team coming into the season. If Conley continues to play on this upward trajectory, uh, you know, he can still be that guy. It's just if we start to once again see in the next couple of weeks a downward slide and Conley struggling once again and looking like he's having a hard time uh, fitting in, then, uh, you know, they still remain a team given where they're kind of seated right now that we could see bow out in that first round. So, you know, a lot's going to be learned about this Jazz team over the next month. What do you think, Chris, about the way the Jazz use Rudy Gobert? They they like to get the ball to him around the rim. Have you seen progress in him uh, at the offensive end? A little bit. Um, you know, there's still, I think, some issues getting him the ball at times and, and, you know, making the right entry pass into him. But, I, you know, look, 
I still, I, I do see some improvements, at least in the games that I've seen, including the one uh, against Boston. He's such a big target down there that you want to get him going and engage him offensively, if for no other reason than it keeps him engaged defensively. Any coach in the league will tell you that you know the best way to get a defensive big man like Gobert or anybody uh, at their best defensively is to get them involved more and more offensively. So I think if you play through him a little bit, you have your chance to to get him going and, you know, if you invariably have to double-team him, you know, get some guys going offensively on the outside. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a big part of what they do offensively. Chris, uh, you being at that Celtics game, that was a, that was kind of a funny game in a sense that the Jazz bench was just awesome and, and led the way uh, to that victory. And I know back at the beginning of the season, we talked to you about a, what a weakness the Jazz bench was, how uh, it – how, uh, I guess, was it watching the bench play in person? Because they were just terrific that night. Yeah, they looked really good on, on both ends of the floor. I mean, the caveat is the Celtics were, were just beat up all over the place. I mean, no Jalen Brown, no Gordon Hayward took away a lot of what they were able to do. But watching some of those guys, Royce O'Neal and others, come off the bench and play good, uh, play well at both ends of the floor uh, was really encouraging. And we, we've talked about this a number of times uh, over the last few months. I mean, the, the Jazz's best hope has always been internal improvements and always been the second unit guys stepping up and giving them more on both ends of the floor. Mike Conley giving them more on both ends of the floor, getting comfortable with that power forward spot uh, more consistently. So it, it definitely was good to see. I mean, look, it, it comes back to the same, you know, talking point that we had just a few minutes ago. I mean, that, you know, this is a team that, you know, if they, if they can keep playing this way over the next month, you can still believe in them as a potential conference finalist. They have enough talent to beat any of the teams in the Western Conference. All right, Chris, are the Lakers better than the Clippers? They beat them. Uh, uh, are, they, are they really better, or have you uh, formed any opinion regarding that? Well, they're better right now. I mean, but again, there's, there's a long way to go in this season, a long way to go probably until they meet uh, in the postseason. So I'm very curious to see how the Clippers' new additions, you know, Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, even Joakim Noah, if they provide uh, a substantial impact on that team. I did think it was noteworthy watching that Laker-Clipper game, you know, just how you know, regularly the Lakers attacked Lou Williams when he was out there on the floor. It was a lot – in a lot of ways, it was how you know LeBron used to treat Steph Curry, getting switches on him and attacking him in the way they did in all those finals. So, you know, there's some adjustments the Clippers have to make. The Lakers, you know, they're playing great basketball right now. LeBron has re-injected himself into the MVP conversation with the way he's played in wins over Milwaukee and the Clippers. But I still look at, at the Clippers as being a, a formidable team, you know, come playoffs. If for no other reason, Kawhi has been a great postseason performer. They've got great depth on that team. They can switch almost everything defensively. They've got all the ingredients to win a championship this year. Chris Mannix is with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Chris, the Rockets have hit a skid where they've lost four consecutive games and losses in there to the Magic, the Hornets, and the Knicks, which is just crazy. Is this just a team that relies so much on shooting that some nights they're just not going to make them, or has something been figured out with this uh, Rockets experiment and how to stop it? Oh, it's two things. One, the shooting is the first part of it. I mean, they live by the three, they die by the three, the jump shot, all those things. And when that's not going as it hasn't been for the last week, things fall apart very quickly offensively. On the defensive side, it's a lot to ask to have P.J. Tucker giving you 30, 35 minutes at center, you know, when he's six foot six. I mean, he can be very good offensively. He can set screens. He can even give you serviceable minutes uh, on the post against bigger defenders. But 
it, it's just a lot to ask him to go up against guys that big every single time and every single game for that amount of time. And, you know, look, it, we all kind of thought that, you know, the Rockets, their success early on, some of that might be through smoke and mirrors. A lot of smart NBA people suggest that the Rockets couldn't sustain this in the postseason when teams really start to understand how they were going to play. Uh, and I think that's kind of borne out a little bit. And, you know, it, it's, I don't want to get too, you know, to overreact too much to something happening in early March, but this is not a team that is, is clearly built conventionally. And if you're going to, to play Tucker and play Westbrook at big positions, you're going to get exploited. And there are a lot of big teams in the Western Conference, beginning with Utah, that's going to be able to pound them into submission with some of those big men on the inside. So I think there are – it's red alert time in Houston with some of the uh, – with the way they play. Chris, the Jazz have won five straight. Uh, the Raptors have won three straight. They meet tonight here in Salt Lake City. What are the Jazz in for? I mean, the Raptors have played great from start to finish. And, you know, Siakam to me, you know, before the injuries – emerged as an MVP candidate. I think Kyle Lowry's having an incredible season uh, with them, and they beat you up on that front line. I mean, this is this is the kind of game where you're going to have to compete physically with them every single possession because they get after you, not just with Gasol and Ibaka, but Siakam is is a physical guy. Lowry's a physical guy. Uh, Van Vliet is has been tremendous for them all season long. So, I mean, they're they're tough. They're really tough. I mean, I think the the biggest uh, affirmation that the, the Raptors got at midseason was the that Masai Ujiri didn't trade away any of their expiring contracts. He certainly could have gotten, say, a first-round pick for Marcus Hall or Ibaka. They kept them because they believed they could make a run in the Eastern Conference, and and you have to have size to match up with Milwaukee in the postseason. So uh, they're you know, they're a very very tough team, and and a team that uh, I mean clearly believes that they're as good as they were last year. Chris Mannix is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Chris, there's been some reporting in the last hour uh, about the NBA reacting to the coronavirus. And uh, the NBA, they're uh, going to close the locker rooms. Uh, they're going to make post, uh, post-game media. They're going to have a six- to eight-foot distance between players and, and media. And in addition to that, uh, the league has told teams that uh, you know to plan on maybe some extreme circumstances like not having fans in the arena during a game. What do you I, – I get it – what do you think about these uh, reactions to what's going on? Yeah, I've talked to a number of people in the league office in the last 24 hours, and you know they are trying to prepare uh, teams for every possible scenario, including uh, the nuclear scenario of playing in front of no fans. And look, I, I do think we're trending in that direction. If you're that concerned about 20 or 30 people being in a locker room space, you're going to be concerned about 18,000 people in a building, you know, crammed on top of, of an NBA game. So I think we are trending in that direction. I do think that from what I, I've been told, what happened at Indian Wells with that event being canceled, uh, that really spooked some people in the league office and got them kind of into gear that sort of set a lot of this in motion. And I think what they're hearing from NBA owners and front office types is that, uh, you know, ownership would be open to the idea of, playing in front of no fans because they don't want to be the first team or the only team where somebody contracts the virus at their arena and the effect that could have uh, on that, that team and that building moving forward. So I think that you're going to see some, some, some really extreme measures being taken, not just by the NBA, but sports leagues in general, the NHL, maybe Major League Baseball as well, as they try to combat this and get through these, these incredibly tough times. So I, I do think we're... I do think it's very possible, even likely at this point, 
that we either see canceled games or games played in empty stadiums. Now, Chris, uh, a veteran like you have been covering the league for a long time. You know, you're in that locker room. You're talking to these guys. You know what that's like. I don't know very many reporters who love being in the locker room, but many of them are in a hurry because of print deadlines and other things. I wonder if this is uh, implemented the way it's been reported it will be. I wonder if it'll ever go back to the way it was. Yeah, I mean, look, that's a a genuine concern that – you know, people at the Basketball Writers Association have, have brought up. And, you know, the NBA, you know, and that's the only league I can speak for, has never suggested that that would be the case. And, and look, as as a writer, I understand you lose access. That's difficult. It, it prevents you from doing the type of stuff that you want to do on a regular basis. But at the same time, we have a problem with practicing an abundance of caution in situations like this. I mean, being overly cautious, I think, is better than being not cautious enough in these situations. So if it causes some problems reporting and, and working on your, your craft over the next month or even the rest of the season, I, I can live with that. If it means that, that, you know, there isn't any kind of outbreak or any kind of a link to the NBA, as long as it comes back next year, um, which I have not heard anything to suggest that it wouldn't. Chris Mannix is with us, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Chris, Brooklyn, uh, the Nets, they're in the playoff picture. They're in the seventh seed if the playoffs were to start today, and yet they just fired their coach. What What's going on in Brooklyn? Yeah, I, I mean, look, this this is – I don't believe this is a case of, as was suggested by Sean Marks, Kenny Atkinson walking into his office and saying, my voice is no longer being heard. That That just doesn't make any sense to me on any level. Um, and I know it's easy to kind of point the finger at Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. I don't have any evidence or I haven't talked to anybody that specifically said that Kyrie didn't want to play for Kenny Atkinson or Kevin Durant didn't want to play for Kenny Atkinson. What you can be sure of is that if Kyrie and Kevin had fought for Kenny Atkinson, that he would still be there. And that's that, I think, has to be taken into account with all this. I mean, Kenny, I just don't know how you give up on a guy less than a year after giving him a multi-year contract extension. That's what the Nets did just last April. And how you can determine that this coach who took you from 20 wins to 42 and back into the playoffs for the first time in years is not the right coach to coach Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving without ever having coached the two of them together, I just don't understand that. So uh, all that being said, I understand that change can be good. I mean, Nick Nurse played a vital role in the, the Raptors' success last year in winning a championship. So change can be the right decision. But right now the pressure is all on Sean Marks and that front office to find the right guy. And if that coach fails next year or it doesn't find chemistry with that team, it could lead to some real ugliness in Brooklyn over the firing of Kenny Atkinson. I don't know if any of this is going to matter because whoever gets the eighth spot in the West is going to face probably the Lakers in the first round. But do you think the Grizzlies can hold on to that position or do you think the Pelicans, Kings, or Blazers will catch them? What do you think? Yeah, look, it's a good dogfight. Um, I had favored Memphis for a while, but then they started getting nicked up with some injuries and, and, and that opened the door for other teams out there. I think the league would love to see the Pelicans in that spot. I mean, 1-8 matchups are traditionally just unwatchable events. You put Zion against LeBron for even four games, and that's a ratings bonanza for the league. I mean, I don't, I don't really have a good read on who's going to get it. it. It's pretty close amongst those teams that you mentioned. Um, the Pelicans have certainly been playing better basketball since Zion became part of that mix. So I think it's going to be come right down to the very end of the season. Some of these individual matchups 
spot that are left over that could potentially be tiebreakers. So, uh, yeah, I can only tell you what I think the league wants, and that's the, the Pelicans in that eighth spot. If the playoffs were to start today, the Jazz would face the Thunder in the first round. Uh, I, I wonder about the Thunder. That's not a team I expected to be as good as they are. They've won 8 of 10. And, uh, Chris, a shout-out to that team all the way around. Maybe maybe Chris Ball deserves some credit. Oh, he deserves a lot of credit. I saw them play as well in Boston just yesterday. And, you know, they are. I, I think it's like 17-5 and five since – December on the road. I mean, that a team that's great on the road is not someone you want to play in the playoffs because that, that makes them just very likely to be able to steal one of those games or two or one of those games on an opponent's home floor. I mean, they, they knew coming into this season they weren't going to be bad enough to tank, but everything is broken right for that team. Gallinari's been a great scorer. Chris Paul has not only been the Chris Paul we're used to seeing, but he's also been someone, as Billy Donovan told me, who has been invested in those younger guys, has really worked with the Shea Gildas-Alexanders and, and the Dorts, the Dorts of the world that have turned them in, helped turn them into really good players. And, you know, Gildas-Alexander's been awesome. Like, he, he was the centerpiece of that deal that, that sent Paul George to L.A., and he has been, you know, every bit the, the potential star that we thought he was going to be. So I'm really impressed with what I've seen from Oklahoma City and the mental toughness they show. I mean, I think they're the best team in the league at making fourth-quarter comebacks. Chris Paul is the most clutch player in the NBA when it comes to scoring points. I'm with you. I'd much rather play a Houston or somebody else in the first round than face Oklahoma City. Chris, as always, thank you very much. We'll catch you next week. You got it, guys. Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated, your NBA daily assist. How freaked out are you over the coronavirus thing as it pertains to large crowds watching games? I mean, yeah, what do you think? I, is this an overreaction? Do you think caution is warranted? What, what's your thought? Um, I think uh, there's some coverage and some things out there that, uh, that that's an overreaction. That said, however, I can't blame anybody for making plans. I mean, if the NBA is making plans just in case this thing goes, you know, from bad to worse or, or something like that, you know, you want to be prepared. So I thought that I, was interesting the way Chris said it. The NBA doesn't want to be seen as the first of the leagues to have this spreading through, you know, crowds or patrons or players or anybody else. It's it, – you know, part of me laughs about the the media thing, and, and not that I mind. I don't care how far away the media is from players. It makes it, it really. We're going to get the sound in the post game regardless, and and we'll get you taken care of that. But it, it's so funny that that's where the NBA goes to to look like they're doing something because they're <laughs> certainly not going to move those uh, those fans that are sitting on the front row that are right next to these players on the bench and when they're playing. I mean, they're certainly not going to go. Okay, we're going to go ahead and eliminate the first four rows of fans. I mean, I don't see him doing that. But uh, the the sweaty beat writer, they're going to uh, make Stay sure away. he's uh, six feet away. Listen you know? here, Eric Walden. So yeah, right. Keep your distance. I'm not. I, I mean, it's fine. They're 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 preparing, but it 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 is funny that what is what is happening. We're getting uh, feedback in our ear there, Austin. Okay, there we go. Sorry, Actually, we, I thought you. I thought, wow, that, he turned that quick. I bumped a button. I'm well, sorry. All of a sudden, you we, were still on air. We had uh, feedback going in our ear. Was it you in your ear? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, okay. it, was, it was the delay. Actually, oh, was my it? bad. Okay, well, sorry about that. I was. I thought, wow, is what you said so profound that we're hearing <laughs> it again? <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, it was rather profound. I mean. The, 
they're publicly doing something by, you know, closing the locker room and that sort of thing. But it is somewhat window dressing, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. But it, it doesn't hurt to prepare. And if they're, uh, you know, going through scenarios where they're going to play games that uh, aren't in front of fans, I mean, I would imagine the situation would have to get somewhat extreme for that to, to actually happen. But We just canceled Indian Wells. Well, uh, did you? Uh, we can get into this coming up, but did you see there There was a fan at the BYU-Gonzaga game that had tested positive for coronavirus? And so now they've had to alert all the fans that sat around him. Weren't you there, Gordon? Yeah, I was. Oh, boy. Gordon, we're going to need you to do the show from a different studio. <laughs> did they say where that infected fan was sitting? No, but they said no? they've been contacting those they've come in contact with. Right. So I think you're in the it clear. Did, did it say fan? I thought it just said person. Uh, I don't know if it said fan. It's just somebody who Which went to the game. Which that would leave it to anybody in the building that night. Hmm. Who were you sitting next to, Gordon? I bet that was it. Don't come here every Jay two Drew. years. <laughs> I bet it was Jay. Could have been. How you feeling now? It's kind of it's kind of funny how your tone changed when you realized that this could possibly affect you. Uh, I think they should cancel all the games. <laughs> just. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't know what to think uh, about this. I want people obviously to be safe and healthy, and uh, but uh, it seems as though when I talk to medical folks about it, they 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 want people to take precautions and be careful. But I don't know about the cancellation of entire events or 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 keeping the fans out of arenas. Have we have we reached that point? No, no, we haven't. But the, but that's the point. The NBA is making preparations. We're yeah, we're certainly not there yet. Well, it's easy to say for somebody who has not uh, had that or suffered in any way or had a, a loved one suffer from it. It's easy to sit here and go, ah, it's an overreaction. Come on, it's just it's 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 tough when uh, when it affects you personally. But I'm no doctor, Jim. <laughs> a little Star Trek joke there for you. Uh, all right, coming up next, we're going to talk to Kristen Kinney of AT&T Sportsnet. PK is going to join us live from Vegas at 5.30, so stay tuned for that. But our good friend Gabe is here in studio from Syringa Networks. And uh, we're talking to companies out there who, uh, you know, rely on this type of service each and every day. You know, it, it's good to have a good company you can rely on. That's for sure. I mean, in today's world, you, you can't be without... Uh, phone service, you can't be without internet access, and that's what we specialize in, is giving our customers maximum uptime, and we do that by means of having a local support, 7x24 call center, local technicians and engineers that are right here to serve the business community when it comes to making sure that their their telecommunication services work for them. And we're talking about privacy a little bit today. That's something that's very important to a lot of folks and companies certainly out there. For sure. It's, it's a very dangerous world out there when it comes to to the internet. A lot of cybercrime going on, a lot of uh, those things are certainly being highlighted right now. And uh, we've never seen more of, uh, more of this stuff than, than we've had in, in, recent, uh, in recent memory here. So what we're, what we're also doing is offering a free cybersecurity assessment so that uh, our, our business clients out there and our, our, the business community in Utah can really assess it to see where they're at in regards of how safe is their network from intrusion and things of that nature. Now, could you say, help me with cybercrime, like um, drain Gordon's bank account, for example? Could we get that done, Gabe? 
Well, um, yes, we can. All right. If, if need be. Uh, <laughs> you I watch know, yourself, Gordon. I know so we don't I have to bring that up, really. <laughs> I know a guy. I'm looking at it right now, and there's not much to oh, take there. Okay. Sorry. All right. I thought I was going to take a nice vacation. Don't worry about it. The stock market's taking care of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Check out what Syringa can do for you. Go to syringanetworks.net. That's S-Y-R-I-N-G-A, networks.net. Thanks, Gabe. Thank you, guys. Kristen joins us coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Slow Mo Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. It's later in the year. Everybody knows our rules. Some of the pieces have changed, and all the pieces now just kind of fit together, and you could just read the floor, and all five guys can do their job, and it makes everybody's life easier, including yours. I said it at the start of the season. I don't have a problem of coming off the bench. I want to win, and if that's the best-case scenario for me to be in that role, then I'll do it to the best I can. We've got a really, like a really good team, probably easily the deepest team since I've been here in the, the six years, and it's about us finding the right style of play and the right tempo and just got to obviously take advantage of it every time we come down the floor. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This could be your theme song, Gordon. Oh, you think so? Ramble on. I want to remind you about our friends at Ken Garf. Get a new Jeep or Ram for less at Ken Garf West Valley. Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram. We're going to talk to Kristen Kinney coming up here momentarily. Didn't like that one. Interesting. Your your sort of uh, transformation from your junior year. We saw something happen. Sorry. Ramble on. Gordon. This is a great song. Well, uh, yeah, well, we're getting the let out today. We are getting the let out today. I always thought it was weird that they referenced Lord of the Rings in this song. Well, but that was a popular book back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk to Kristen coming up here momentarily. Uh, Kristen, today brought to you by our friends at Divi. Divi, the modern financial platform for business. See how you can spend smarter at getdivi.com. Of course, uh, Kristen from AT&T uh, Sportsnet. She's going to be on the broadcast tonight. The Jazz take on the Raptors. 7 o'clock tip-off time here at Vivint Smart Home Arena. On the radio side of things, we'll have pregame getting underway at 6. So uh, make sure and tune in for that. This is another one of those big games tonight to see how the Jazz are doing, how they hold up against a quality team like we talked with Chris. Raptors are good, man. Are you surprised they're as good as they are? Yes. I am too. And Pascal Siakam is awesome, and I think we knew that last year, but he's taken it even to another level. I mean, he is is a great player. And, you know, I always thought Kyle Lowry was good, but uh, the leadership those guys have shown this year has been Impressive, and uh, like Chris talked about, that front line is a handful for the Jazz. So we'll see how they do against a quality opponent. And here's the thing about that: you know, the Jazz really have to get to the point where they're protecting home court. You know, they got to stop getting beat here yeah. in Salt Lake City. 
All right, let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or a Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. She makes the magic happen for AT&T Sportsnet on the Jazz broadcast. She is Kristen Kinney with us here on The Big Show. Hi, Kristen. How are you? Hey, guys. Oh, good. How are you all doing? Doing terrific. Good to get home after a long road trip. Yeah, I think it's still, uh, I, I think it's appropriate to say that it still feels like we're on the road because we got home late with the time change and then we have a game today and then we leave tomorrow. So it's just one long extended trip. <laughs> Are, do you uh, subscribe to the theory that that first game back is does feel like a road trip still because of what you just said? Yeah, I actually do. I think, sure, you're in your home and um, you're on your the comfort of your own floor with your fans, but it's you're still tired. You know, you're, at least for me, I mean, look, I have 10 years plus on the guys. <laughs> so um, it's going to hurt uh, the older people more. But, um, yeah, I think it's, you just, you get home and you're not really home. You're, you have a quick maybe eight-hour day, and, and then you're back to the grind, and then you have to prep for um, another trip on the road to Oklahoma City. So, yeah, I think it's a tough one, especially Toronto. It's going to be a really, really good test, though, for the Jazz tonight. What's been the difference for this team over the past five games uh, that they've put together this win streak? Yeah, I've been asking them because it has been streaky this year, and uh, people have been talking about that. And I think when I was on the road with them, it's really when you get to get the best content and you're around the guys. And they just, uh, talking with Donovan and Mike, it's a different attitude um, and a different mindset. So I I know a lot of it has to do with the mental mindset of whether it's locking in or being dialed in and also just feeling more confident. Um, Obviously, wins breed confidence, but I think Mike Conley for sure coming to life has really helped solidify a lot of the confidence Um, from the teammates. You know, always they've been pushing for him, but for him to really like he found his groove on the road and is the Mike Conley that – we all have seen and known. And I think just pushing through that wall and getting there is a big sigh of relief, a weight off of everyone's shoulders. So it's great to see all of that. So it's a lot of combination of things. And they're really just playing playing well and adjusting to what defenses are doing to them. But that's why I think that tonight is going to be interesting because this Toronto team, I think they're the second-rated defense in the league, if I'm not mistaken, and they switch it up change all the different um, uh, you know, approaches and, and, and the way that they're defending is so unique. So it's going to really test our offense against them. I always thought that the bench was so important to shift into that second gear and to give the, the starters a boost. And we've been seeing some signs of that lately, uh, Kristen. Yeah, I, all the games now on the road are kind of blending together, but the game in particular where the bench came in and took over that was awesome it was so fun to watch that because it was a slow start i think that was wasn't that boston yes uh-huh. yeah that was boston and just to have them come in and go on that run and i think we were down 11 and then they just rallied us back and up 10 so the momentum of that too the starters were looking at that and, and excited wow hard bench has got our back so that goes a long way when you know that everyone has your back 
You know, on that note, a everyone bit, has each other's back. <laughs> on that note, a little bit, Kristen, uh, it's Joe Ingles. The this time around, going with that bench unit, it, it seems like he's really adjusted well and played very well. What are your thoughts on how Joe's doing in that new role? Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because there's so much conversation at the start of the year about how he's a starter and he needs to be in the starting unit and the gel. Uh, that's what he's used to. So it, there's all these different things that we're seeing. And I think coach even references today at practice, he, he was talking about how he, he closed the last game without bogey. So there's all these different lineup changes and, and variations that he's um, coaches work through. So I think, you know, currently we're in this streak, um, Joe Ingles and the bench have done really, really well. You know, the interesting thing, too, is what Coach pointed out and the guys pointed out. In a lot, when teams are switching defensively, Joe and Jordan were able to attack um, with different options, with many options. So rather than, like, getting into iso ball, they were able to move the ball around, which is why you saw, I think, our assist numbers over five games was averaging 25-plus. So when we're moving the ball around like that, and Joe Ingles is that facilitator, and then everyone's buying into it. So I think that is kind of contagious. Um, I like it's great. It's it's been working really well. But I also think it's um, not just one guy. I think all the guys are really kind of feeling the groove and buying in, and have Mike Conley really get, gain that confidence and show up the way he has is has a huge trickle down effect too. Kristen, there's been some talk about what identity. We can uh, the, we can tag the jazz with what their personality is. Have you gotten a sense for that? Do you know who these guys are? Yeah, it's been interesting. I wonder what you guys think about it too, because um, we have always been a defense first team, and now it's shifted. We had some stellar defense the last three games with some or two games with some really good defense, but we are not the defense defense first team that we have seen in years past. So it's hard to pinpoint exactly what the the brand, so to say, is. But I guess I would say, you know, I think it's, it's playing for each other. Um, and I think that's a constant theme. The group is really playing together. Uh, if they're doing that, then that translates on both ends of the floor. Well, they've, what do you guys think? What's your new? The, what are you? What are you thinking? Well, they've they've certainly been resi- they've been resilient. I mean, they, they they lose five in a row. They win ten in a row. They lose five in a row. They win five in a row. They lose five in a row. They win five in a row. I it's uh, it's uh, it has been a bit of a yo yo fest, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It's been interesting, and you even see where we had a twenty two point lead then let teams come back in. So we're not running away with these games. Teams come back in, just like we saw in Detroit, came down to the final minute. Um, but resiliency, I get. I think that's a good one because we're able to respond and react. Well, Kristen, we certainly appreciate it, as always, and we'll see you down here at the arena tonight. All right, guys, I'll see you soon. Kristen Kinney, AT&T Sportsnet. Remember, Jazz Raptors tip off a little after 7 o'clock. Does she have to keep six feet away from the players? I think so. We all do. I think everybody does, yeah. Did you see uh, the the conversation between Conley and Donovan? Was it Saturday night? 
where Donovan was going to do the old water bottle celebration, Conley said, no, 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 no. There was some uh, banter on Twitter about maybe that was a directive that Has no no sharing water. Coronavirus infected our water supply? Well, is know. that a it's thing? It's in a bottle, isn't it? Yeah, he doesn't have a hose. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's... It's what? Well, I mean, it's from a spring somewhere. A spring? So it so it is infected. What are you no, telling it's me? Not. No. I mean, it's not it, our water supply. He makes it. He makes it sound like he took the bottle and went down and just dipped it in, in the reservoir, right in the Nile, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, where I mean, it comes from uh, you know Avion or somewhere. I don't know what you Fiji or something. <laughs> But why, why are you explaining to me? Or, why, or why? I was just making a joke that that's how ridiculous Twitter has gotten with this thing. I that, see. Yeah. Okay, that the 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 hyperbole. He just is. didn't want to get wet. No. It wasn't unless he was uh, drinking out of it and then was going to spread his germs somehow that way. Okay, diabolical. <laughs> just, uh, Comes. I I just like the news we just broke that the Jazz only use Avion water in those. I, I don't know. Straight from Fiji. <laughs> I don't. I like that Fiji water, don't you? Oh, yeah. Some couple in Pittsburgh just filling it up in their tub and charge you eight bucks a bottle. <laughs> Probably true. In All right. Stay tuned. The Not Sports Port. Before, before or after the bath. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Merrill is something Utah State has never had, where he is like your guy. He embodies everything about Utah State. He wanted from day one to be an Aggie, went there, helped turn over a culture. There's all these different things that make Utah State basketball really special historically, but now you've got this. And this is every bit of the Van Horn, every bit of the Jimmer, every bit of that. This guy embodying your program, and he is your star. That second half was one of the best conference tournament games I've ever seen. That shot, he was so far behind the three-point line. I thought, anyone else shooting that? And you go, what are you doing? Wonderful, wonderful moment. Kudos to Utah State going back-to-back conference tournament champs. Tony Parks and Austin Horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hey, hey, mama said the way you move gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove. Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. It's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now. 855-340-ZONE. And correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Announced by DJ and PK this morning at 8.50. And you'll win a Zone prize pack. Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. Let's get to today's Not Sports Report. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online. LHMUsedCars.com. Gordo, where are we going today? Well, we're not going to any specific region, but we are going to an item that is now available. It's an, an I guess it's an annual thing. Maybe it happens more often than not. I don't know. All I do know is that uh, yesterday there were there was a big box delivered to my house of Girl Scout cookies. That's pretty sweet. 
So, quite literally. So, my question to you is, do you order Girl Scout cookies? Because now's the time. And if you do, do you have a favorite? Yes and yes. What do you get and what's your favorite? My wife's favorite is Samoa's. So, we get a bunch of those. And then I like the Thin Mints. Okay. So, let me ask you a question. Are there different names for these cookies in different regions? I have no clue. Because is the Caramel Delights the same as the Samoas? I think it is, isn't it? It's pronounced caramel. I don't know, Gordon. I have no idea. Okay, so you got Lemon Ups. You got Lemonades. You got Thin Mints. You got Samoas. You got Tagalongs. You got Dosi Dos. You got, how do you say this? Is it Trefoils? Sure. The shortbread cookie one. You got Thanks a Lot. You got Toffee Tastic, Caramel <laughs> Chocolate Chip. Uh, you got uh, S'mores. And you got, uh, yeah, Girl Scout S'mores. So I'm torn here, man. That's tough. That is a tough choice. I think my wife got the Thin Mints, the Samoas, the Tagalogs, and she got some boxes of the Trefoils. It's a shortbread. She got those. And I said, why'd you get those? And she said, those are my favorite when I was a kid. Because hmm. nobody else likes that, do they? The truffles, really? Would that be anywhere near the top of your list? No. And many years ago, did they come with sugar sprinkled on top? I don't know. <laughs> Austin, do you have a favorite uh, Girl Scout cookie? No. <laughs> Not playing into your hand there. What do you mean? Fat joke, man. No. <laughs> Come on, Jake. Oh, that's because Jakey, he prefers donuts. <laughs> what if you were going to get 15 boxes? <laughs> which which kind would you pick? Uh, what? Is the is our Girl Scout cookies? Is that the most famous fundraiser? Why would anybody there? possibly care about? This? I know. I'm 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 with I, you. What do you mean? People care about Girl Scout cookies. Not for more than 10 seconds. No, people like thinking about this. No, no one. <laughs> nope, no one. <laughs> Boy, All I'm right. Just, I'm looking at pictures of these right now, and I'm, I'm telling you, it's a tough choice. I mean, the dosi dos that's a peanut butter sandwich cookie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting not. Yeah. You guys, I, I know. I, I've never worked with a couple of sourpusses like you. Everybody likes Girl Scout cookies. Everybody likes talking about Girl Scout cookies. Everybody likes eating Girl Scout Tomorrow cookies. Tomorrow we'll read I, flavors of taffy. No, I feel like I'm talking to a wall here. So after it's we, a good thing our listeners are here because they like this there's stuff. There's a, a lime. After we identify what our favorite Girl Scout cookie is, where does the conversation go from there? It's one of those things I mean, that's fun that to talk about. Everybody goes, oh, Thin Mints, and then what? There's no, Neapolitan? I, I, I like to see, here's the thing is, there are multiple, uh, there's no wrong answer. And, and I like the Samoas, the Thin Mints, and there's the There's the Caramel ones. Apple one. <laughs> Have you, you know that scene in-, in Austin, really, if you were going to buy, say, 50 boxes- See, you remember that scene in Forrest Gump where uh, Have we met, where uh, Bubba Gump just lists off all the different type of, of shrimp out there. This is the the radio version of that. Only that won an Oscar. But Girl Scout cookies. Our talking- yeah, basically you're going through. You know, you've you've got the Thin Mints, <laughs> you've got the Samoas. I mean, you rattled off every name. That's well, what this segment to- is. Have, have you had the Toffee Tastic? Joining us now in studio, Let's he's our, our good friend along. Gabe from Syringa Networks. He's a team player. 
He won't leave me on an island on Samoa. <laughs> With the Samoas. <laughs> now you've put Gabe in an awkward situation. Now, Gabe, I know Gabe it, likes himself a Girl Scout cookie, I, right? I, I do love me some good Girl Scout cookies. Uh, Samoas and like uh, frozen Thin Mints. See, I like frozen. the frozen. Ooh. That's, uh, that's that's some good that's, eating right uh, there. For that's sure. uh, some sophisticated yeah. touch. It's a shame you have to wait till like just this one time of year when you got to do like this mass hysteria and just stock up on these things. Yeah, you got to last. Yeah. Make room in the uh, in the uh, the cabinet. You got ra- to ration them out. Then. Yeah, right. How can how come Gabe can <clears throat> can uh, add to the conversation and you can't? We've got the tagalongs. <laughs> we've got the Samoas. We've got the Thin Mints. I bet uh, I bet a good ninety-five percent of our listeners love Girl Scout cookies, and they're interested in thinking about this. And because some people have forgotten to order them, you gotta order them now. Gabe, let's talk about helping folks out with their. Uh, I believe I work with this uh, stick in the mud. It's it's hard to it's hard to fathom this. Let's help some folks with their communicating because, of course, that's what makes the world go round, right, Gabe? That is correct. You know, none of this would be possible without the internet. Certainly, Gordon couldn't be looking at Girl Scout cookies at work without the internet. Mm, um, look, so at the, look at those, Gabe. That looks really good. Yeah. I mean, this is, I'm going to have to go look? out and find me a Girl Scout stand and give me some of these cookies. <laughs> is there, are there Girl Scout stands? <laughs> well, well, can we talk about Syringa oh, Networks, right, Gordon? Yes. Do you mind? Do you mind well, if, if there we... is whatever you need in the world, his, he can help you find it. Thank right? you. We can Thank you, you very much. It. Yeah, so uh, you know, in terms of uh, networking and uh, having companies uh, with branch uh, locations and things like that, um, that's one of the things Syringa Network specializes in. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, not all networks are created equal. So we've created the, this uh, this infrastructure that really uh, is performance-based for, for our clients here in the Utah area that, that really guarantees uptime and makes sure that uh, they're able to communicate with, with, with all their branch locations and have their customers access them uh, really at any time and, and with uh, with with guaranteed performance levels too, which is something that a lot of our, our competitors haven't been able to do because they've designed their networks to where they're more about residential services versus business services. And we're specifically focused just on business customers. I love it. You guys are local. You're here. If something happens, you guys are here and can take care of it. No problem. That's correct. That's that's really what, what our what our big claim here is, is that uh, we are 7 by 24. We have local customer support, local technicians. Every Everything that you need to operate a telecom company is housed right here in Utah. All right, so check them out online. Find out what Syringa can do for you. Syringanetworks.net. That's S-Y-R-I-N-G-A, syringanetworks.net. Thanks, Gabe. Gabe, Thank you, you, you want a dosy do Let's do this. Right. Aaron Roderick coming up next. Checking in at BYU Spring Ball. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. The great Craig Bowler Jack. It's been an interesting season to this point. It's been up, down, up, down, up, down. Jazz win, what, 19 of 21. Then they drop five. They win four. They drop, you know, either you're winning or you're losing. But I think consistency's got to be there from here on out. The time of talking about we're still learning about each other. We have to figure things out. You know, time is starting to tick, and the games are starting to really kind of run away from you. So you can't afford uh, to have another drop. This is where you want this team to hopefully they've been through the rough time and now they figure things out and you make a really strong run and play your best basketball before the postseason catch hans and scotty every day from noon to three presented by your rocky mountain chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network